All y'all Republican-ass niggas, if y'all want money, just say y'all fucking want money. This world is about money. Money revolves around money. Y'all niggas is killing us, and you fucking Iraq niggas, y'all ISIS niggas, fuck y'all ISIS niggas. We from New York. Fuck ISIS. Right here, boss. Where did you bring me to? Right here, this is not where you wanted to go. This is the wrong place. I told you to take me to Brooklyn. You bring me to the Bronx Zoo. You said the Bronx Zoo? You said Brooklyn? You trying to disrespect me? No, you trying to say that I'm a monkey? No, how would I disrespect you like that? You, you said You bring me to the Bronx Zoo. That's exactly what you said. That's what no, I heard. No, I said the Brooklyn. No, you disrespect me. You bring me to the Brooklyn. I am not paying for this shit. You better pay. I am not paying for this shit. You better pay, my yo. I am when not I... paying for this shit. Listen, you want me to talk in your language? Hey, you better pay for this shit. Are you disrespecting me? Half the time, I'm not Yo, give me oh your money, my God. All right, you ready, Dory? All right, you guys. Um, welcome back. This is episode six. We've done this now six times. We're five weeks old. That means if we were babies, we would have hair and a little bit of okay, eyebrows. Okay, okay, Dory's going there. And okay. we'd be able to suck. Okay, I'm X. <laughs> and I'm Dory. And this is A Child Always. Um, a Dory, um, like, I hate you so much. Um, let's start with how was your week? Cause I always just, get, I get too excited. Like I'm like a child. Yeah. You don't be and thinking I, about me. You be thinking about you. Whoa. No shade, no shade, no pink lemonade. All whoa. I'm saying is. Okay. How was your week, Dory? My week was good. It was mm-hmm. chill. I didn't do anything exciting. I worked a lot. Oh, mm-hmm. the exciting thing that I did was I was able to walk around um, schools in bed and invite them to this festival that my job is doing. And that was really cool. When is the festival for the, the people? The festival is June 18th. It's in bed It's called the Mama Festival. More arts, more alive. I'll give you guys oh. more information when I get some. Okay, and you guys... Um, I um, had a very, very tiring week. Um, it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever had in New York because we uh, go to work and then we do things that we like to do, um, you know, maybe like once or twice a week. But literally every day I went to work and every day I did improv. Awesome. And so it was a lot and I was thankful, but I was like so tired. So Thursday I thought it was going to be my day to sleep. When I went to a jam on Wednesday, a group was like, X, we really would like for you to be on our indie team and perform with us this Saturday. We have practice tomorrow. And I had to go to the practice. And it was just like, oh, my God. Like, it was just a lot. But I'm so thankful and I'm blessed and, you know, to be able to do those things. But I'm getting accustomed to it now because, I mean, that's how my schedule is going to be. I have a question. Why is comedy always done at, like, night, like, late hours? Is, is it a reason? Um, I feel like um, comedy... Well, especially the things that I do are late at night, like the jams, because it's a free show. So I participate in jams. I've mentioned this before on the show, but I mentioned it again. It's just basically um, improv, you know, stuff basically like on the spot. An example would be like, whose line is it anyway? So a jam is everybody who comes. You can, you don't have to participate, but anybody who comes will get stage time. You just put your name in a bucket and you just go on stage. So anybody that's new to comedy or new to like the comedy scene or even when you're doing stand up, you get the 
suckiest spots. Like Leslie Jones, uh, who stars on SNL, always talked about how she had that 1.30 a.m. spot because nobody knows you. So all the really, really good shows and all the shows that cost more come earlier. So because I'm such, you know, I'm a new jack in it, I have to go later. Okay. To, to participate. Like, they don't have jams that are early. And it's great because it's kind of like this, like, underground, like, speakeasy group of, like, improv lovers and who are obsessed with this art form that come. Because you really have to love it to come at 1130 at night. Absolutely. And stay there till 1 a.m. Especially because you know it's going to be some people that ain't funny on the stage. And you, like... Shit, her ass ain't even funny, <laughs> but I want to go next. Yeah, you know, so you just, you know, you thug it out. So this week was was awesome. It was trying, you know, but I, I made it through. You were doing what you love, and that's what it's all about. Absolutely. And as long as, you know, you wasn't putting off work. No, 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 no. But I definitely was late all week. Okay. <laughs> you know, but I made it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. as long as you I'm got hair, my that chin, coin. Chin. You got that coin. Absolutely. So, um, a lot of things happened this week. I'm so excited. So many things I want to talk about. Um, do you want to go first, Dory? Should I go first? We want to. Um, well, I can just tell you now. I don't have anything, like, important to talk about. Okay. Everything that I'm going to talk about is pretty ratchet. Ratchet okay. current events. Oh, which is always needed. <laughs> <laughs> we got to have a balance. We're like Claire Huxtable and Cardi B. You know, you just got to have a balance. You're right. So, um, well, uh, Whoopi is coming out with some medicinal marijuana products for that. our menstrual cycle. I saw that. I am elated. Oh, now, so you're going to take that because you're so anti-weed. <laughs> no, whoa, 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 whoa. But you don't know what it is, okay? Some of the stuff I don't have to consume. Like, I literally, there. it's like going to be like weed, um... Icy hot, like you know the icy hot, like the like packets. So it's like, it's, how is it gonna have the same effect? I think you have to like intake THC, which is what gets you high. Or well, I don't know. She's out with the the cannabis woman that that's really really known. She's doing it with uh, Maya Elizabeth. Okay. So they just they're they're it's not they're testing out these products. These are the things that they're coming out with, and these they said these products are for people that don't get high and don't smoke but just want to relieve the pain it's for women enduring these cramps so whoopi is tired of cramps and hell i am too whoopi like, is not getting cramps no more what that I, is a lie oh right oh that's true whoopi is not sure she does not have a period are you she, kidding you know she's been menopausal for a minute <laughs> that's true. how old is whoopi Goldberg? well even if, even if even though she's menopausal she's probably done with it i'm, I'm so thankful out. She's you, looking out. You the real MVP. I mean, this is just amazing. And I'm so thankful because, y'all, I had my cycle twice this month. Well, I can't wait to see you high because I know you're going to take it off. <laughs> I'm not going to be high. It's yes, not going to be high. It's not going to be, you know, uh, a really, like, potent. You're going to get high. Well, okay. Well, we shall see. I don't know if I'll be a consumer of the things that I have to put in my body. Oh, and they're also going to have weed bath salts so like i can just get it a bath there and you just... have that <laughs> oh oh well, i need a connect <laughs> if you have a connect please holler at me because y'all be in pain y'all ever pay so she's eyes <laughs> about this weed and she almost done killed that girl for smoking weed in her house but she is so excited about these medicinal Cramp removers. Yeah, 
up because it's a problem. Y'all don't understand. Ash Dorian, I don't want to do anything. We cramps are really bad. They're really, really bad. Y'all, I didn't get my cycle till I was about 16. I mean, it's very heavy. Oh, you got a long way to go. That's her whole father. You know what? <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Moving on <laughs> to other news. Okay, so let's get deep. So Kalani tried to kill herself. Man. Um, and Christopher Brown. Yo. In true. He has so much to say F about boy it. fashion. And Kyrie didn't even like the alley-oop was not for you. Like he was over it. He was like thinking about basketball after right. he sent his prayers and well wishes to Kalani. He was like, all I'm doing is thinking about the game that I love to play every night. Right, trying to get back on top. And he also said that they weren't together. So, you know, he felt bad that she was in the hospital and that she was suffering from, you know, depression and wanted to commit suicide. He wasn't even on the whole party next door, cheated on me. He said they weren't together. She didn't cheat on him. So for Chris Brown to even interject himself into their situation, it's like, bro, like... Are y'all even really friends? This is the problem, Christopher, because I'm always rooting for you, my fellow light skin. And you just come out and you just act like a female time and time again. He needs attention he so needs, bad. He needs a hobby. I don't know what. You're a father. You have so much to do. Okay? Just You sing. need to check royalty into some daycare. You, you, just sing. That's it. Just sing and sit down. Now, for those of you guys who may not know, because, you know, I'm not of this generation. Some of this new music, I mean, I only know because of Dorian. Kalani is a beautiful girl, and she's a singer. She's um, from her, the tribe. She's from Oakland. Yeah, and she's uh, an amazing writer. Her music essentially isn't really my stilo, but the girl is still very talented. She can sing really well, sing but her really well. music is so childish. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she is a baby. She's I 20. Like it. And so the issue that happened while she wanted to kill herself is because she, uh, party next door. Yeah. Him signed to OVO. Yeah. He posted a picture and it looked like the girl was just sleep and he just lifted up her hand and, and uh, took a picture and then posted it. And he was just being like petty next door. And so <laughs> the thing is, is that she that made her like she met, wrote this big old like suicide attempt on Instagram and this is what's making me mad with Christopher Brown and the rest of the world because someone else made a comment about how if you want to come in suicide why would you post it on the gram listen here listen here people anybody that is thinking about committing suicide is not in their right mind and Dorian made a valid point to me the other day when she was like if someone is handling the situation the way they're handling it that's their way that they're doing it. Yeah. Everybody's not going to handle the situation like you. Yeah. I thank God that she said something and didn't just go off with it. And she's also 20 years old, too. She's a baby. A lot of people (laughs) that age, they put everything on social media. You know what I mean? So it's just like, she's not thinking about it as in, oh, I'm committing suicide. I'm thinking about committing suicide oh, let me get attention so people are looking at me. She's just doing what she does on a regular basis. Absolutely. Like, putting her life on the internet, which most millennials do. Like, we, a lot of people do that. But but the thing is, Christopher Brown has the audacity to try to come at somebody on, on, on what they're doing. And, like, wait a minute, you was up in Jamie Foxx's house after you two-piece Rihanna. 
Okay? A mess. And you was, like, you the main he had one. A he had an alleged suicide attempt as well. Right. And for you to try to undermine her, like, that's just, it's just, I mean, I feel like I, I, someone needs to grab the phone. His his tweets. I know his ridiculous. PR person has no life. She can't have a man or he can't have a woman or a significant other partner, nothing. I'm starting to believe he doesn't even have a PR person. Right. I, him and Cat Williams have the same dealer. That's all I have to say. Moving on. Yes. Let's get into D'Angelo Russell and how no one's ever going to pass him the ball. Ever again. <laughs> ever again. D'Angelo Russell is a Los Angeles Laker. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, he's... He's not from the tribe. He's from Cleveland. He's in the tribe, but he's not of the tribe. He ain't no Laker. He ain't no Laker. Me. First of all, he lucky Kobe retiring because Kobe would be like, he's out of here. Ugh. Put him on, you know, the, the Buckeyes or whoever, whatever team. I don't know. Man. Some random team. But you are part of the second biggest franchise in NBA history. You have a $10 million contract. You're 20 years old with this new money living in Los Angeles. You don't have nothing to do better than to tape Nick Young. This is crazy. And to say like that it was a prank, him posting that video. But you uh, posted it. Well, you, they're saying that the third party posted. Oh, okay. So it, it, he didn't actually post it from his phone. That's mm -hmm. what they're saying. They're saying a third party posted, and that's how it got out to the blog. How did the third party get it? How did they get it? I, hey. And what, I don't know why you would film someone admitting to cheating on their fiance. Not right. even a girl that they're just dating. Like, we all know that Iggy Azalea and Nick Young are engaged. Yeah. And that they're in love with each other. And they be all kissy face and all mm -hmm. that. She so bought him like, a, why a would you even drop town, cook the beer. Like, they are in love. Why are y'all having boy talk on camera? Like, who uh. does that? But the thing is, no, Nick didn't know he was being recorded. Oh. That's the thing, Dory. Yes. Nick was not like, yes, let's record this. I didn't know He her. didn't know he was being recorded. That's what's the shadiest thing. If I see D'Angelo coming up, if I was at CVS, I saw him coming up, I'd be like, put him in the next line because this, this Negro is about to take me. Yeah. Nobody trusts you. You're not going to be able to be at anywhere. Kobe's retirement party, you're not invited. Nobody nobody wants you in the locker room. You're going to be in a separate don't care locker room. About that. He don't care. He's not going to be there. Because <laughs> Kobe's still probably cheating as much as I love him. No, but, um, well, don't do that. Don't don't bring Kobe into this. Amen. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but D'Angelo Russell, um, get it together before we send you back to Cleveland, baby. Listen, listen. You just you have too much money. Figure out a hobby. Get a charity. You gonna have a lot of time in your hands on that bench. You are gonna be able to write a book, do something. He, because no one's giving you the ball. What I will say is he did look very apologetic. <laughs> he looked really really sad when he did stupid. He in felt the press dumb. conference. Um, I don't I don't know if I if I were Nick. I don't think I could forgive him because, I mean, Iggy Azalea is like the love of his life. So I know. And then he said, like, oh, you heard the video, right? Yeah. You talk about messing with a 19-year-old. Then he asked about Amber Rose. He was like, nah, she know my girl. Yeah. But the thing is, y'all really think Iggy don't know that he's smashing everybody? I said the same thing. <laughs> I said the same thing, but she not playing with him. Why? How you, why you feel that way? Um, they've had problems before, and she was upset about it. Like, they've broken up before. Well, yeah, well, Iggy publicly. is losing. I mean, this is the last straw that she has. I mean, she has no career. She has no swag. Some white people's really not messing with her. Black people, we don't want you. I mean, Nick is really, I mean, you, you really are that she has. So, she's going to hold tightly. Moving on. 
Um, Columbus Shore and Superhead um, are divorced. Girl. Shocking. Oh, my God. Alert the church elders. I saw that heading in... I know nothing about that. Okay. Well, um, I'll tell you a little something. Absolutely nothing. Um, So she posted a video of him sitting and she said, "Uh, are you mad? Is someone upset? And it's like dirty clothes all around. Um, I feel like at that moment, uh, Olivia should have walked in (laughs) and and with the gladiators because it's just terrible. She's talking about him being on the substance abuse again and uh, he's been cheating on her a lot. And he's calling her a creature on Twitter um, and telling her that he needs, she needs to leave him alone. They're just going back and forth. And then she posted up uh, a marriage license stating that the marriage isn't actually valid. That was what the picture was supposed to show. I've been done with Columbus Short once he got kicked off a of scandal. Okay. And I don't care okay. none okay. about okay. that. Okay. And we're moving on. Uh, what, did, what did you have, Dory, in Ratchet News? Um, I thought I talked about it. I was gonna talk about Kalani. I don't Kalani. think I have anything else. That's all you have to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, my ratchet news. All right. Well, all well, okay. The Love and Hip Hop reunion. Cardi B and Peter Guns. I mean, this is the read. I don't. I don't. I mean, she's the real MVP she, for that. She got into his behind. She is the real MVP for that. He tried to call her a hoe because she wants niggas to pay her rent. If they're trying to spend time, you're gonna pay my rent. But one thing that Remy said that I love is like, oh, it's bad for her to want somebody to make sure that her rent is paid, but yet you can just ask some woman for her booty. Like you can just like give me that A, like tap that A. Mm-hmm. My whole quick. thing was that is. Peter, you shouldn't be commenting. Peter shouldn't be doing anything. He shouldn't be commenting on anyone's relationship the way anyone is trying to live. Your life is in shambles. Right. Your life is in shambles. It's not even laughable anymore. No. You You have two women that are competing, having babies. And did you hear Amina talking about he pays his part? So you mean to tell me this nigga humiliates you every night on Monday? And he only has to pay a part. Half. Well, she didn't even say half. She a said part. a part. That could be ten percent, Dorian. A, a part. part. What do you What do you think a part is? I think a part is very low because Amina's stupid. She's very dumb. He has her by what, like wrapped around his little finger. Well, that was entertaining. Yeah. Um. So y'all pray for them. On to the dip of the day. Dip meaning deep Instagram posts. Um, it says, put a condom over your heart and F your feelings. <laughs> you know, that came from uh, loyalty over royalty, um, and he is from neighborhood. Any, any hashtags? Any, <laughs> any good hashtags? Uh, no, no hashtags. Put a condom over your heart and fuck your feelings. That's I think right. that's what he said. Sometimes oh, it be like that. and a girl wrote a comment said, call me. <laughs> so somebody got something to say about that. Not even in the DM. She bold. She bold. Right. Call me. <laughs> she don't want no condom. Well, that was petty. All right. On to something. Uh, Good in the hood. Yeah. Good in the hood. And whatever hood you represent. I know it's a lot of bad out there, but guess what? It's a lot of good, too. First, yeah, I'll talk about what's good in the hood. Alrighty, uh, there is a gentleman that uh, was given sentenced life um, to uh, without the possibility of parole for a crime that he did not commit, and um, his name is Frank, 
And uh, this is uh, someone that I don't know specifically, like personally. I've never had any um, uh, dealings with this gentleman, but I do know um, his family, his daughter's mother. And um, it's, it's very sad when our um, black and brown men do get put away um, and justice isn't served and they get put away for something they did not commit. Um, he kept his head high and he kept the faith and he was very resilient and optimistic and he was just released out on bail after 12 years. So it feels so good as a black woman to see this happen because so many of my brothers and sisters get locked up just because of the color of their skin. They don't even get a fair trial. There's discriminatory evidence. There's a lot of their rights that they don't even know about and, and it just gets swept under the rug, and they literally die in there. So the fact that he's out, I'm so happy. His daughter just turned 13, and she's gorgeous and beautiful and growing. And I think this is great. So that's some good going on in the hood. And he's from the tribe. He's from L.A. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I have some good in the hood going down in Austin, Texas. Miss right. Michaela Armour, the preteen entrepreneur, is making a name for herself. She just got an $11 million deal with... Whole Foods. Wait, say that one more time. She just, Eleven what? Eleven million dollar deal. Okay. I don't even have a. Not with Key Food. I don't have eleven hundred dollars. Not with Ralph's. Not yeah. with Albertsons. But Whole Foods. I can't afford to shop at Whole Foods. Oh my god! Wow. Eleven million dollar deal for her B Suite making a business. It's, and she's black. Yeah, it's a lemonade business. Mm -hmm. Um, she wants to help save the global bee population, and nice. she uses honey as a sweetener instead of sugar. Uh, she was on Shark Tank. Which is healthier for my black brothers and sisters. It is healthier. Yeah. Um, she was on Shark Tank. I've never watched Shark Tank. Me either. But apparently she I thought on... Shark Tank was just about white people um, being with sharks. No, it's about business and making deals and doing presentations. Oh, okay. And I thought that it was if like they believe Discovery in your... Channel type thing. No, uh, if they believe in your presentation, they invest in you. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope. Yeah, so uh, she won on Shark Tank. She won $60,000. And now she has this eleven million dollar deal. And what's her name? With Whole Foods, Michaela Omer. Michaela, let me hold a dollar. Yes. <laughs> Michaela, let me hold something. And she's super cute, and she incorporates yellow in she's every most... outfit. Y'all have to see this little girl. She is a little chocolate drop. Like, oh my god, I want to steal her. Yeah. So yeah, that's some good going on in the hood. Um. So today's uh, topic um, is something very near and dear to me and Dorian's heart. Um, it's talking about how to deal with these god darn New Yorkers. Man, it's a unique experience. Ooh, it's, it's oh my god, New York is another country. <laughs> it feels not, like it sometimes. It's not another. It's not another state. It feels uh, like it's, it. it's 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 a. This is definitely it's a it's a world of its own. So, um, one thing I want to pose to you, Dorian. Uh, one question I feel is essential moving forward in this topic is: When did you know that you were not in Kansas anymore? Like, when you were like, I am not in, okay, this is another place. I cannot operate how I do in L.A. This is totally different. I would say it was about day 11. Okay. Um, day 7, mm -hmm. I had gotten the job at Unique that you had um, gotten right. for me, and I was working at a thrift store. Mm -hmm. And this little old Dominican lady comes in, and she's not buying things from the thrift store. She's donating like, okay. she's donating things. And she's old, really little, skinny, mm -hmm. like, weak. Right. So she's asking the cash register, um, the lady at the cash register, to help her. Mm -hmm. The girl says, yo, son, that's not my job, son. The next time you need help, 
You need to get your husband in here, son. Tell, tell your husband to come. She's going in on the lady. And I'm looking like, yo, like, I'm like, this is an old lady. And she's donating. Like, she's not even trying to buy something. She's here to help. She can barely speak English. Right. You said she's a weak, feeble knees. Yes. Like, a little slouched over. Right. She comes in with a basket of things to donate. So cute. And it looks like it's something that she does, like, every week or something. You know? The girl goes in. Like, this is not my job. And I get it. We was only making $8 an hour. Mm-hmm. It's stuffy in there. You don't want to do anything that you don't have to. But, like, this is an elder. She was being nice about it. And it's like, she's, she's the reason we're going to have product and a, a job. Thank you. But the girl went in. And wow. I was just looking like, Wow. And I couldn't help her because I was on the other side. Wow. But I was just looking like, whoa, like, okay. This is, this is crazy. She went in. Wow. She went in. Okay, I have my story is at the same job. <laughs> unique men. Unique to get crazy. Wait, those people at unique are at what? Unique. Unique. Okay. Crazy. So what happened was, uh, this was uh, I think month two for me. I got my job. I got a I got a job second month I was out here. And so uh at Unique, Dory can attest to this. Uh when we have sales, we have sales for every holiday. I don't give a darn what holiday is it. Valentine's Day, Groundhog Day, Belize Independence Day, uh it looked like the stampede on the Lion King when Mufasa no. got killed. No, <laughs> by DC Baba. It was like straight up stampede. They be out there at 9 a.m. The McDonald's is next door. They got the egg McMuffin and coffee. They're, they're energized. They're ready for the sale. I've seen someone like literally cut somebody out for a basket. Yeah. A no. basket. And y'all, it'd be hella cheap, though. It'd be hella cheap. It'd be hella cheap because it's 50% off like $10. Yeah. yeah. So what happened was this is my first sale. And Isha, who is from uh, Brownsville, Brooklyn, okay? Brownsville, never run, never will. Let's say that. <laughs> so we don't get jumped. Because <laughs> when you say Brownsville, you have to say the tagline. You can't just say Brownsville, okay? Brownsville is a beautiful place, guys. Okay, Dory. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> that's neither here nor there. So, what happened was, I'm here at this sale, and it's like pandemonium. I mean, it's every, I mean, it's jackets, it's panties, it's socks, it's clothes, it's everywhere. everywhere. So, I'm, you know, in disarray. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. So, Isha's like, all right, X, yo. So, I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to have my mans. I'm going to drop my stuff off. And I'm going to come up and I'm going to help you. I'm like, okay, Isha, cool. Because I'm like, you know, doing my cash register stuff. She comes up the escalator and she was like, yo, X, you think I'm going to get fired because I slapped Demetrius on camera? <laughs> Let's let's pause. First, Demetrius is a guy, guys, by wait, the way. Wait, Dory, we're going to pause. I want everybody to take in what I just said. She's at work. She said her concern, you all, was not that she slapped a man, but that she slapped him on camera. Right. That's the only concern. So only concern. That's the only concern. So, you know, I'm just stunned. I'm frozen. Okay, let it go. I'm frozen. I'm like, am I an accessory? Am I a witness? Do I call the police? She's at work. I'm at This is hilarious. I'm at work. And so I was like, Isha, what happened? She was like... Well, he stepped in front of me, and I was like, yo, my man, I got to go help X upstairs. You know, she ain't never did a sale or whatever. And he said, just because you big and all. Ooh. Now, mind you, Isha not, Isha not fat. Isha's like, 
she stacked like a two dollar bill. Like she got thighs, hips, booty, or whatever. She what got a little else? stomach, what but else? she she's not like fat. She like Queen Latifah, like you know, like okay, that. Solid, solid, yeah. So she said, "Son, say something else. I'm gonna slap you." She was like, "Ex, he said something else, so I slapped him." Like it was like basic, like cause and effect. Like yes, I went on the toilet. I had to pee. Like she's, she's at work, you guys. She's at work. Where at work? Where? <laughs> The key, the operative word here is work, okay? So, I'm like, Isha, what? She was like, yeah. And so, when we're at, like, the end of the shift, I'm thinking that, because the manager was down there when it happened. she's going to get fired. No, yeah, she's going to get fired. (laughs) Um, The police are coming. Um, The manager is going to give a talk about nonviolence in the workplace. We're going to be told about a hotline. (laughs) <laughs> um, how we can contact them. They're available 24-7. How should we conduct ourselves? You guys, when I go upstairs, my manager says, are right, you guys, uh, see you tomorrow at 8. Girl, said, it's people that work in Unique that don't have papers, okay? They just came from the Dominican Republic and work no, there. No, you think they when don't I mean, care about fresh Demetrius, off the boat. You think they care about Demetrius getting knocked out? But what got me was that not only did Isha have an understanding the manager had an understanding. When I spoke to her, I said, Nicole, like, do you know what happened? She was like, yeah, but she warned him, so. The moral of the story is, New Yorkers, for most of the time, mean what they say and say what they, they mean. They say what they mean, especially <laughs> Brooklyners. They're our thoroughbreds. For the and most the thing, part. And the thing, that the, got, the thing that got me, what, what, what I've seen, Dory, I don't know if you've seen this, but especially because the type of field that I'm in, in the restaurant industry, being in catering, working all these events, I've seen everybody of every class and race pop off. Oh, absolutely. Like, in L.A., I'm not going to see, like, this posh woman with her bitly, she, excuse me, well, raise her voice. Well, no. It's all about image in L.A. You know what yeah. I mean? So you're going to be at a certain place, and you're like, oh, I can't act a fool up in here because right. I don't want these people to think that I act like that all the time. Absolutely. Whereas in New York, people give you fair warning, mm-hmm. and then it's like, son, I told you I was going to sock the shit out of you. Why you walk in front of me? It's like that simple. Right. Why you walk in front of me? But what got me too with the whole Isha story was that Demetrius never did anything again. They were cool after the fact. Like, it's like we all have an understanding. Like, he even, like, mentioned to somebody, like, yeah, I mean, I know she told me not to say nothing. Like, everybody has an understanding out here. And so, I remember I was at this white lady's house. Y'all, this, it wasn't at a house. Excuse me. That was disrespectful. I was at an estate. In Connecticut. Like, I literally had to have breadcrumbs to remember where I was going. Mm -hmm. It was so huge. And she literally, something was wrong with her daughter's dress. And she was like, if y'all don't, like, she started clapping. I said, whoa. Yeah. This lady is a bajillionaire. Like, she has live fish up in here. Like, she has all these workers. And we all charge $30 an hour. There's about 150 of us. Mm -hmm. We're going to be here for 14 hours. Like, just that alone, like, girl. She got money, but she, she don't care. Y'all not about to act a fool up in her house. Absolutely not. <laughs> not up in her Not if her busy. <laughs> and that, that's what was crazy to me. Now, Dorian, I would like to ask you, as far as, like, dealing with the people in New York, when, like, when was the time that you felt like, okay, I can't be, like, how I was in L.A.? Like, I have to, I have to not conform, but I have to adapt if I'm going to be able to survive out here with these people. 
like assert yourself? Yeah. Like when did was there ever a moment or what instance happened when you was just kind of like, okay, you know what? See, I was trying to be nice, or you took my niceness for weakness, or something that happened that made you realize, like, okay, Dory, there has to be a shift here. This is how they are. That's not gonna change. So let me just adapt. And what did you do? <sighs> There's been so many situations, right. but the one that's coming to mind is when I worked at Costada and I walked out. Okay. So, um, I had a job, you guys, and I was working as a hostess, and it was we cool. Were, we were there together. We were there together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dang, we've we're had so two best jobs. Friends. We've had two jobs we're together. Such best friends. But anyway, um, I was working at Costada, and there was this girl. I'll say her name, Annie. She ain't shit. <laughs> anyway, I was working. I think it is Petty Fridays. <laughs> Anywho, I was working, and um, Annie and I were... At the same level, like we were, uh, we had the same title as host for maybe six months. Six months, yeah. Six months. And then Annie got promoted to lead host. And we were all happy for her. You know, Annie had a baby and this struggle life. So we were all happy for her. We knew she needed she the needed position. She needed it. Yeah, she needed the position and she had been there the longest. So we were all happy for her. Right. This was a side gig for all of us. Yeah, right? it was a side gig for me. And it was like an in-between job. Like right. I knew I wasn't going to be there for longer than a year. Right. So Annie had... Um, I don't know, something come over her. She started, like, becoming a tyrant at work. Like, just telling people what to do. Not really doing her job anymore because she felt like she was the lead. So She was the HBIC. Yeah, yeah. and so she had got into it with her and had to kind of check her. And our boss wasn't doing anything about it. Like, she was just letting Annie run the ship. Like, she had gotten email sent. Yeah, like, she had gotten an email sent. She had several verbal conversations about Annie acting crazy from everyone. Nobody enjoyed Annie being the lead host, but we were all trying to keep our jobs one. And so we didn't want Annie to get fired. We knew that she needed to kind of like work on being a leader. She, you could tell that she had never been a leader before. And you know, those people, it's kind of like you give them a position of power. Now you see how they really are. And like, she was obsessed with it. And we knew this job validated her. She was abusing <laughs> her power. Yeah. So we would be doing pre-shift. Pre-shift is when you get the restaurant ready before um, we have we open. We open to the public. Mm-hmm. So was the, there was this one time Annie was like trying to tell me what to do, um, but she wasn't doing anything. And I'm like, why can't you do? It? Like you're still a host. So, I wasn't in a good mood. My godmother had died. Um, Annie was getting on my nerves. Her godmother had died and was in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. And I I wasn't able to go to the funeral. I couldn't afford to fly out. Mm -hmm. Annie was getting on my nerves. She was talking mess. She wasn't doing her job. And this had been going on for weeks. Mm -hmm. So, because Annie was in my ear talking shit, kept talking shit, I looked at Annie and I was like, I don't have to deal with this shit. And walked out. And they all looked at me like, damn, she left. So my manager, of course, Kate, she's white lady, really nice. She from the tribe, too. She from California. She's Diego. Yeah, yeah, she's really, really nice. She was like, well, Tori, I don't want you to leave like that. And she's very young. Yeah, she's very young and very, uh, she's just nice and non-confrontational. Yeah. So she didn't, she was like, I'll talk to Annie. And I was like, no, I don't have to deal with this shit. Like, I'm done. And... Yeah, that was the first time that I actually, I felt like I asserted myself. Right. So. 
and you dealt with a, a, a New Yorker. Yeah, she was and a yeah. New Yorker, and she was so used to, like, just shitting on everybody and talking crazy and no one saying anything to her. And, like, the way that her and Soshi spoke... Um, you're really good at like laying down how you feel and this is how you made me feel. I didn't feel like I needed to do all that. Right. Because me and you the same position. Like, I don't have to do the all that. The thing was, the thing was, you're a lead and now like, it, what was crazy was that she's the lead host and then she was getting mad that like certain things that, certain things that she is not able to do anymore. She was getting mad at example A, like how we was getting tips. She was, like, making, like, there was another girl that was a hostess there, and she was making hella tips because during the wintertime, we do coat check. Yeah. It was, and that's another thing, too, y'all. It was four floors. We yeah. had the basement kitchen, the, the first floor, we had the second floor, and then the private dining room. And mind you, Annie, like, when you're the lead, you're supposed to lead by example. You're supposed to be she, the hardest working one. She negated all her duties. Like, yeah. she put all of her duties on the rest of the host. And will pull a disappearing act. Pull a disappearing act. Not only a disappearing act, but she would get on the phone and call her boyfriend and try to talk to her son. Not on her cell phone, y'all. On the company phone. But then would be like, oh, you don't need to be texting. Oh, you don't need to be eating down here. And it's like, the nerve of you. Right. Like, literally, y'all, this is not Ike and Tina Turner. (laughs) Absolutely You're not running shit but your mouth. So... I didn't even cuss Annie out. I didn't do none of that. All I did was, I was like, I don't have to deal with this shit. That's all yeah. I told her. And grabbed Dory, my Dory stuff. Called me. Called so she was like, I hey, was where you Starbucks. at? I said, where you at? I just quit. Yeah. That's was... the only job I ever walked out on. Sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> but yeah, that was the first time that I really felt like I'm being taken advantage of in a real way. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, New Yorkers have like a hard talk and they like to be all... Uh, extra brash with their language. I was like, "Uh uh-uh. I'm not about to argue with you. I'm just about to walk out on your ass. And mind you, it was only me and Annie there. So I left her by herself. And she had to do all that coat check. And she hated walking. By herself. Ooh, that felt so good. (laughs) I I feel like it feels good right now. I know she hates me. She don't hate you, Dory. Well, yeah. She's she's still at work. And she still works at (laughs) Costado. And so, okay, so my experience that I can say when I feel like, okay, you know what, X, you are not in Kansas anymore, was when I was working um, at Rebar. Uh, I touched on this briefly in, like, the very first episode, um, like, how people just didn't get me out here. And I think my issue was, was like, um, I think it was a multitude of people, not only the customers, but the, the staff as far as the chefs. Like, they literally would just talk to me so crazy. Chef talks crazy, though. That, yeah. They do talk They crazy. do talk crazy, but then they from Canarsie. Yeah. They from Brooklyn. Yeah. They these Haitians. Yep. Okay? All right? I mean, like, Wyclef Jean. Right. And it was just like, okay, so how do I deal with this? There was a time when I literally, I cried. I was crying because I could not believe how these people were talking to me. And it was so foreign to me because... Even when we get active in L.A. or somebody's, like, about to, like, or, like, somebody about to shoot the fade, like, it's about to go down, we're not yelling. <laughs> you know, like, it's, like, it, it depends. I'm I'm so used to when they're, like, they're, like, yo, ex. 
ex? I'm like, yes, like, out here, like, that's how they talk to me. And they're like, well, why didn't you? And I'm just like, wait, 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 every, uh, let's, whoo, whoo, let's breathe. Everybody tone it down. Yeah. And that's how they would talk to me if an order was wrong or if a customer would come in and they were like, well, why you let my mans in? You ain't let me. I'm like, wait, wait. I think a lot of New Yorkers, whatever emotion that they're feeling, they like feel it wholeheartedly right then and there. And it's no like, and it's, it's on not, display. It's not personal. It's just, I'm mad, and which brings this is me, how I'm feeling right now. Absolutely. And I'm just in this right now. It's nothing against you, but why would you do that? Yeah. That's all it is. And the thing is, is that, um, so an, another instance, which I realized, which brings me to my next point, which I, after I had that moment of like tears and crying and someone, Dina, who I love, hi, Dina, she pulled me to the side and she said, X, listen, you cannot take it personal. And I realized y'all, I was having a terrible first three months here because Everything that happened to me, I was taking on and taking it personal. And so many things will happen to you in New York in one day. In one hour. In one hour. If you take all that on, you will go crazy. Okay? And what happened was I was working at La Marina last summer. And we had a uh, foreigner... Uh, Iranian guy. Now y'all already know foreigners. They are, so you foreign and you've been in New York a while. It's like rude on top of rude, rude deuce, like rude to the t- yeah, some tenth power. Some, some, some of them. Some I of will them. say that not everybody, but some of them because foreigners just talk with a with a hardness already. Well, usually there's a language barrier, so right. it's not necessarily that they're. All, I'm I'm saying this is this isn't for all. But it's not. Some people, the fact that they don't understand you, that there's a language barrier, there's a frustration there. Absolutely. So I agree. So what happened was, y'all, um, there were three Italian, uh, three Italian uh, white guys, and they uh, they sat in my section and they wanted a mojito. Now, mind you, you know, y'all like when you work in restaurants, sometimes you know y'all know the drinks be watered down or whatever like that. But you know, like these were three white guys that clearly had schmutty and they wanted a mojito. Uh, picture mojito so I gave him the mojito that was like baby girl I can give this to my son this is like juice like I need more Patron like I will pay how much ever whatever put on the bill I want more tequila right so I take it I take it to um the bartender he's like I, I don't want this I said well I need you to remake it because there is they said it's like juice and so my manager comes in and he's like x let me taste it he tastes it and he's a guy he was like this is it's not good so because my manager tastes it it's what now Dory contaminated it's contaminated so I throw it out like a normal freaking person That's okay what supposed to do. That's what I'm thank you Thank you. So what happened was I go to the guy and I tell him to make me another one. He's like, what's the other one? I said, I had to throw it out. Why? Because our manager drunk it and now it's contaminated. No, it's not. Bring it back. Oh, so you want me to go in the trash can and drain it out from all the trash and put it back into a container. What is wrong with you? So at that moment, y'all, I don't know how everything clicked for me. I said, I need another picture of mojito and I need you to make it within the next 10 minutes. So when I come back around, I expect to see it. Thank you. You got to assert yourself. You got it. And you know what happened the next morning? He said, X baby, good morning. No, like it's not personal. Like when once I clapped back and I realized, and now I'm I, y'all, I'm not a confrontational person. Sometimes I wait a few days, maybe a whole week to respond to something because I don't want to make permanent decisions on temporary motions and I have I'm a grown woman I can go to jail like this is a lot of things to take into account and I don't want to act out of character 
But there are certain moments where I have to take the opportunity to let somebody know, especially we're going to be working together. We're going to be working together for us in summer. You need to know right here, right now, you're not going to be talking to me like that. And I was so nice and nice all the time. And I realized that a lot of people take that for weakness out here. They did it for so long to me. I was feeling depleted and I was like, dang, so do I just be mean all the time? I had to find that medium Dory to be like, okay, how to be true to myself and be nice, but let you know there's a line and we ain't gonna cross it right and i think i mean as simple as riding the train you learn that you have to assert yourself because that whole rush hour period if you don't get on the train and when the doors open you're not going to get on you have to push through it doesn't even have to be a situation where you're at work and you're dealing with someone. Something no. as simple as getting on the train in New York City is like, okay, let me get my ass on this train or I'm not going to get on. And you're and not going to get home. Or you might get pushed down, knocked down. Yeah. And the thing is, I went through that coming to Dory's house today to record. Like, I was on the A train, which if you from L.A., that's like getting on the 405 at 5 o'clock. Like, it's rush hour. It's rush hour. And that's the train to be like... It goes through the city, and mostly everybody lives on that because it goes through Brooklyn and through Washington Heights and through Harlem. It's like like the like primary train out here. So I'm on this. I'm I like rush to get in, and somebody doesn't get in behind me. What you think I'm gonna get off? Or I'm saying I'm sorry or yo bad. I'm out here trying to get mine. I have to get on this train because I have to meet with Dorian at this specific time. I'm worried about me. Because no one cares about you being late. No one cares. Nobody cares. And if and if you were to tell them like, oh my God, you pushed me, they 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 probably wouldn't even turn around. <laughs> but you know what? They would be like, it's something great about learning how to assert yourself and saying what you mean and meaning what you say. And I Absolutely. think that I, I I mean, I've always known that that is important and that's a great way to present yourself. Right. But I feel like growing up in L.A. in a place where people aren't always as honest up front, mm-hmm. um, you learn here in New York City that people either fuck with you or they don't. It's no, like, gray area. No. In LA, you meet somebody and somebody's like, oh, yeah, that sounds really cool. It's a mm-hmm. good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. I'll email you. Here's my email. In New York, people were like, oh, really? Pull it up. What's your website? And they're looking for your website as you guys speak. No, I have. Oh, no, this doesn't really, this don't really fit with my brand. I'm not really rocking with that. <laughs> They'll tell you right away. No, and that's my thing, too. I, 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 as much as, like, it, it stressed me out and I was like, oh, my God, these people are so mean. The thing is, I take, I rather take consistency over fake any day. Absolutely. And the people in New York are consistent. Mm-hmm. And I've seen someone get their card rejected. Like, someone took out their card and somebody was like, no, nah, I'm good. And you know what? That's respect. You want to know why? Because you respect my product enough not to waste my card. Cards you, are expensive. Yes. And you were you, with the glossy on it and, <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a graphic. It probably was like a, a nicely shaped one. Right. Too. It, wasn't I mean, it was square. reflective. It had sparkles on it. I mean, these people worked hard on this card. Right. And you know, don't waste my product, you know, and that shows that you respect me. And in New York, they're not going to, they're like, they're not going to say they're going to email you. They're going to be like, well, I feel like you need a couple more years of school and some more experience. Because based on what you told me, you ain't going to work well with me. 
That's real. And, and I, I love that. I, I love that. It. I appreciate that. And I know that a lot of people had a conversation with somebody else the other day um, after uh, an improv show, and he's a Brooklyn thoroughbred. That's ne- that's it, nothing else. And when he went to L.A., he was having the toughest time not only, like, trying to, like, figure it out, like, figure out L.A., like, what is what is this place about? What does this mean? But he was just like, the people there are just so, like, like, fake and like there's nothing like no depth to them and because me and dory are born and raised there we've been able to weed through that we know how to figure that out we can call that out well i think too when people from new york go to la they're not in inglewood they're not in compton they're not not in south la they go to la because they're chasing a dream just like we come to new york and we're chasing a dream and a lot of people don't get the experience that i got in east new york and living in brooklyn and all that some people are strictly in manhattan and they're dealing with all the lights and glamour of new york too you know what i mean so a lot of times i think when people go to uh la and they get that fake experience that's because because they're north of the, they're north. Right. They're Santa Monica area. They're in Hollywood. They're not with real people. They're all they are. All they're in is in Hollywood. Right. And in Hollywood is fake. It's all about the glamours and lights. It's all about the TV studios. Right. It's all about the what you can do for me. You we always call it Buddy Hustler Central. Like, yeah. Everybody wants to be attached to somebody. But me and Dory, I mean, my, my motto is is New York is where you go and L.A. is where you shine. Absolutely. So you go to L.A. when you're ready. Like, there was one girl I met, and I told her, like, she's out here wanting to go out there. And I said, well, first of all, you're dark, so they're not going to really be this checking for you. No diss to dark-skinned no, girls no. at all. First of all, I love dark-skinned women. My dad's a dark-skinned man. I've, I, I have no issues. I'm not one Tell of them what people. you mean by that when you say that. What? You're dark when you said that to her. Oh, I said that she's dark because, first of all, Hollywood is not inclined to hiring women of her color spectrum. So there's already going to be less roles and opportunities for her. Two, she's not drop-dead gorgeous. She's not a Lopita Nyong'o, like, where she's, like, strikingly beautiful. Or and she does, she does not have the talent of a Viola Davis. So the thing is, is, like, well, you need to have something that makes you stand out because they're not going to be checking for you like that. You're going to Hollywood. And every, everybody in Hollywood is trying to be a star. And when you go to L.A., if you're at the freaking Whole Foods, the whole staff is camera ready. Yeah. They have a headshot in their backpack in their locker because they're here to be what? A star. Yeah. That's what it's about. So, in a nutshell, when you come out here to New York and you are from L.A., um, or anywhere else for that matter, you definitely will get met with people that are intense, that are aggressive, but they will be consistent and you can either adapt and survive or you can just like stay within your bubble or continue to act the way that you are and just get stomped over. And the whole city, I mean the people are just like the city. Rough, dirty, it's just intense. Oh, yeah. No, me, me, me and Dory see why they are the way they are. Once we experience our first winter, we're like, "Oh, this is why they're mean." I mean, I don't have time to be smiling <laughs> and chit-chatting with you and it's freaking freezing outside right what are they smiling about they don't know what to wear it's rats running around everywhere yeah. the city is just like the people seven thousand dollars for a studio it's, it's just eight million people out here and it's and everybody's trying to get to this island of manhattan and everybody has to go to work and every a lot of people don't like their jobs and 
They live in these small apartments. Or you got people like me. I got home at 1 a.m. I'm getting up at 4.30 to get to work. Like, I don't want to hear the mariachi band on the freaking train. I don't want to hear it. The hustle is so real. And I think that has a lot to do with the way people act and react. Very true. I think that has a Very lot to point. do with the way people act and react. And and, and by any way, this is not us saying that everybody in New York is mean. Because I don't think that they're mean. Before, I used to say that they were no, mean. I, yeah, I, my first initial impression of them was like, everybody's evil. It's not that they're mean. It's everybody just has no time for the bullshit. Like... What is it? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what it is straight out. I don't have time. Like we said the last episode, nobody got time to be wasting these New York minutes. No. Tell me what you mean. Say what you mean. Do what you say. Assert yourself. Because I got to get on this train. Yeah. I got to get to work. I have to go get something to eat because my lunch is only 30 minutes. And I have to get back to work because I have to work 16 hours today. And I'm only and I have 30 two, minutes. And I have two additional hustles. Like, yeah. everybody is, you know, hustling and grinding and trying to make it. So, I think that they have to be assertive. Yeah. And the thing is, once you go through what you go through out here, that's why they say when you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. Like, in a day, me and Dory, I mean, we got pushed on the train. We saw a man uh, jacking off on the train. Disgusting. The G train. I hate that train. Yeah, the worst train in the history of the world. If you ever come out here, don't try to don't get an Airbnb off the G train. It's the worst. It Especially only, it only goes through Brooklyn, by the way. And to uh, the tip of Queens. The oh. tip. Um but yeah, me and Dorian went through all that, got cussed out like there's so many things that can happen. If me and Dorian like took on all those things that that would have been a very bad day for us. Yeah. But that's what I've seen kids being on a train and there was this crackhead that got on and her pants were below her vagina and she said, I love everybody. I have a bachelor's degree. This is a six-year-old boy that's finally has seen a vagina up close and personal. I've seen a woman pee oh. on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. On the bench. Oh yeah. Just pulled down her pants and just oh yeah. And peed like it was yeah. the bathroom. Yeah, let it flow. That's it. And looked at you like, like I'm, I'm waiting, like you crazy, like I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> why are you looking at me? Right. So, so that's why I feel like they can make it anywhere because the the new, what hasn't a New Yorker gone through? No matter what class you're in, you have to deal with these weather. You have to deal with these people. It's so crowded out here, y'all. What really got me was that like the escalators run like a freeway. If you're going to stand, you go to the right. So that the other people on the left can walk by. Why? Because it's too many of us. We all can't fit on here. So there has to be a lane to walk and a lane to stand. Yes. And people will cut in front of you. Hell, it will be... Uh, I push people. People will stand on the train. Like, hands. No no place to uh, hold on to the actual pole. They have their hands on the roof of the train. Mm-hmm. Just because they can't miss the train, y'all. Like, that's how serious it is. And you will know what that means? To hell with comfortability. They're not comfortable. It's not about being comfortable out here. I got to get to where I got to get to. I got to get to where I got to go. And then, this is how cold it is, though. You'll see somebody not trying to be comfortable, but then on the right to you, you'll see an old woman looking a cool 100, and you'll see a young spring chicken, 18-year-old, sitting down, not even thinking about giving up his seat. That's New York. Yeah. That is New York. And I'm not saying this is for everybody. I'm just saying you got to be ready here. You got to be ready to deal with these people. And you know what? After three years, 
you'll start pushing too. Because I do. You'll start pushing. After three months, I started pushing. And it's really no bad blood. It's really just, excuse my language. Get the fuck out the way. I got somewhere to be. Yeah. That's all it is. Now, now I'm like a New Yorker. I hate Times Square. I hate going down there. When I'm walking and I'm on the mission, and I work near the World Trade Center, so everybody is always stopping and looking up. I be wanting to push everybody. Ooh, I have, I have a um, question. What's up? Something cute. What's up? What's your favorite, like, tourist place out here? I know mine. <sighs> Dory, that's hard. I can pick mine right now. I'll go. Okay, what's yours? Mine is Coney Island. Like, that's the only place that, if it's touristy and it's a lot of people and hella, you know, tchotchke, as they say, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't mind being in Coney Island. I just love Coney Island. It's the beach. It kind of reminds me of... Um, it kind of reminds me of the Santa Monica Pier. Yeah, but like our like tribers. Yeah, Santa Monica Pier and Venice Beach mixed together. Yeah, but like better, kind of. Yeah, except the the water is black and there are yeah, dead bodies I mean, in there. You absolutely do not put your feet no. in the water and go swimming. You or will anything. get but HPV. Like, the rock. <laughs> you would get hepatitis B and C. The yeah. rides are way better, and yeah, you know, I'll just be feeling like I'm gonna see Lala and Jesus. Okay, amen. <laughs> he got Goodbye, gas. Dorian. <laughs> Doreen. What's your favorite tourist place, though? Um, you gotta have one. Because we're not from here. So we can we gotta you, you know you get the spark on your eyes when you see certain things that like just represent New York. Um, I would say like a tourist place, it's not like that essentially, like where people would just like, oh, when you come out here, like you always gotta go there. But I mean I can't help it, and I love this place so much. It's Brooklyn. Like I love Brooklyn. Brooklyn is my second home. Let me tell y'all, Brooklyn has my heart in a way that that you don't even understand unless you come here. And I'll probably have a a, a Brooklyn Ode to Brooklyn episode. Absolutely, the Brooklyn. Brooklyn deserves its own hour. Y'all, I live in Brooklyn. I work in Brooklyn. Like I can really, I really be like, dang, I ain't been to Manhattan in like two weeks. Yeah, and Dorian's like a Brooklyn night. I am a Brooklyn Brooklynites night. Brooklyn nights don't go nowhere further than like thirty four. <laughs> I be like Dorian. I'm surprised she's coming to the Lower East Side to see me perform on Sunday. Girl, I'm going to the Lower East Side because I live off the J train. There we see. Well, there you go. But um, y'all, Brooklyn has my heart. Um, I love, I love the city. I love these people. Um, I literally was in Copenhagen um and had no money. Remember that whole rebar situation in Europe? And somebody offered to buy me something to eat. And when I asked her where she was going back to, she was like, "Oh, I'm from Bed-Stuy. And I was like, "I mean." Why am I shocked? <laughs> I'm not shocked. Like, and once, if you have a friend of, and once you find a friend in someone from Brooklyn, you have a friend for life. So, I'll agree. I'll agree. So, uh, moving forward, y'all, to the Rumi report. We got a good one, we y'all. We got to get a jingle. Rumi report. Rumi report. Rumi. 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 Is this anonymous? Is this anonymous? What's your name? Anonymous. Were you at anonymous? So it's not anonymous. All right, all right, come on, let it be known. Let it's it be known. Actually, from our good friend Danny P. We she love from you. the D. So this is gonna be a good story. Yes. So I'm gonna read it. It's a oh little... the D. The D is Detroit. So I'm gonna read it. It's a little long, but it is good, y'all. It is good. You got the good parts. I got. I'm about to read the whole thing because okay. y'all gotta hear it all. You know, we can't leave out the details. All right, it's true. It's true. All right. So. Since I was about 20 or 21, I've always wanted to live in NYC. I don't know <clears throat> what it was about New York, but I wanted to live here. I knew it wouldn't be cheap, and I'd have like 10 roommates, 
but I didn't care. I had made up my mind. I met one of my roommates in Vegas. She's originally from New York, but went to school in Arizona. She's mad cool. So we all met up for drinks in the city to decide if we could live together. Because obviously, it only takes one drink and two hours to figure out if you'd be compatible for sharing housing. Everything checked out. By May 2015, we had our fancy three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath, upgraded apartment in Harlem. It's honestly the perfect apartment. We have a washer and dryer, dishwasher, new appliances. Hello. It's popping. I didn't move into the apartment until October due to health complications. So I pay rent every month. Should have Airbnb, thinking back. Even though I wasn't staying there, before I even moved in, the problem started. The bathroom ceiling was leaking water anytime the shower was on. Terrible. I went to the apartment once to hang out for my birthday weekend. I took a shower and my phone was completely soaked. The girls had notified our landlord five to six times about the problem. We even filed a complaint, and the fire department came. That's New York for you, y'all. We decided our landlord needed to pay us for the damaged items. My phone was the main item that was actually damaged. I told her she should include her laptop, even though she personally damaged her laptop, in the list of damaged items since he let this problem go go on for so long. Wrong, I know. We emailed about our damaged items. He gave a $600 credit towards the rent. I suggested we get a couch with that money. She said, no, I'm taking $445 to use to fix my laptop. Uh Uh-uh! I was so Uh -uh! confused as as to how she figured she could get more than two-thirds of the credit when her laptop wasn't even damaged by the leaking. She was bugging. No, she wasn't budging. She wasn't budging. She sent an email explaining why she shouldn't. Why she should get $445. Finally, my Arizona roommate said we could split it three ways, and she gave the other roommate her portion. Mm -mm. She shouldn't have got nothing. That wasn't the first experience with my new roommate. Once I finally moved in, things were cool at first. We still hadn't bought any furniture like a couch, TV, etc., because I was done after the whole credit situation, and they never got around to it. There wasn't even a real trash can in the house. The next issue happened when I went to sit down to use the bathroom, and instead of toilet paper, I get a handful of cardboard because the last person to use the bathroom left an empty roll. Strike two. Ha! That happened maybe two times before I sent a group text, like, whoever is doing this, please stop. I know who it was because my Arizona roommate would never do no trifling stuff like that. But I texted her separately to ask her if it was her, and she laughed and told me she had been dealing with that the entire summer before I moved in. Next, I noticed they hadn't purchased a trash can, so we were using little grocery store bags for the trash can, but not using it and taking it out every day, using the bags until they were stuffed to capacity and almost falling off the cabinet. I sent another group text with pictures this time. She sent us a picture, by the way. Surely some disgusting homeless person snuck into our apartment and left this trash this way. Mm -hmm. It was unfathomable that this was left by my two college-educated roommates who could afford $1,000 each rent. 
I was still perplexed as to how they went this long without an actual trash can. In my group text, I told them this was disgusting and unacceptable and I would be looking for a trash can as soon as possible. But in the meantime, we should try to take the trash out every day since the bags were so small. Two days later, I come home to get another full-ass bag of trash hanging. I asked my other roommate when she came home if she left it like that. I know she did because I texted my Arizona roommate and she said she didn't leave it like that. Me and my other roommate get into this huge fight. We were screaming at each other. And I'm telling her how nasty she is and how selfish she is and how she needs to move out or I will. We get to the point to where I'm in her face yelling. And finally, I walk away because I was so close to putting my hands on her and I didn't want to hurt her. Strike three. At this point, I'm looking into alternative housing. My Arizona roommate comes in, smooths things out. Like, if you leave, all this other stuff. Trying to make me feel bad. So, we've had a few arguments since then, but nothing too outrageous. She's just a terrible roommate. I think she might possibly be a cool person to have in a social setting, but as a roommate, she's trash. And this is a very, very short version of this story. Love you guys. LOL. Almost going to blows about the trash. You know what? I feel it. I'm the same way. I I can be a little nitpicky. And Okay, but Danny, did we need to, like, about to put hands over the trash can? Now, mind you, y'all, it's dirty and it's disgusting no matter what city you in. But especially in New York... The rats and, like, roaches, roaches, rodents, it's just disgusting. Like, no matter how clean you are, there can be bag bugs at the Waldorf. Like, it does not matter. So, I get that. The trash, like, when when the trash is an issue and it's because of one person, that's a problem. That is a problem. Um, fighting, I don't know. But we don't know how old girl was, you know, responding to Danny. Like, we don't know if she was talking mess or... But I feel like Danny probably came at her, like, with this, like, I'm tired of you. Like, I, I don't think that Danielle... But how could you not come at somebody, like, I'm tired, and you keep... I, I already asked you to stop doing this, and I don't have to explain to you that you leaving the trash out brings bugs. Like, we're grown. But you know what's so sad? Danielle probably had to, obviously. That's like this girl. I know, and it sounds crazy, but we were all raised differently, and a lot of women... Some of us, you would think it's instinct, but a lot of women who I know who are who are clean were taught. Yeah, you know, and it's just, it sucks. That's what happens when you move out here, and you know. And Daddy said like she do that. She will be out here like with ten roommates and everything like that. But you're dealing with ten different personalities, you know. And I'm I'm happy, Danny. You didn't put hands on her. I'm you very did, happy you didn't put hands on her. You'd be in jail. I know Danny would have would have killed that girl but <laughs> how would you have handled that situation um i i would have uh you know spoken to her we wouldn't have uh gone over to gone gotten the blows but i definitely would have came at her in a manner that's kind of like this is unacceptable and if if we you know i need you to give me money to put it on a trash can you know we all live here i probably would have came to her like in the uh, mindset of like expressing to her how dirty this is and how negatively this can affect us and how rodents can come in. I would have given her examples. I don't, we wouldn't have, I don't honestly feel we would have went to blows um, in regards to that because I feel like I wouldn't have came at her with that energy. And I definitely probably still would have been frustrated because 
like Danny already spoke to her. Like I've already texted you, you know, but then I'm, I'm always thinking how I operate as I'm always thinking like this person is not me. This person is not going to be like me. This person is not going to think like me. So let me try to gain an understanding before I pop off, like go to the next level. That's so mature. I think for me, um, I don't like to tell any adult to do something more than once. And I definitely understand how my parents feel when you become a certain age and it's just like, you're not a kid anymore. Like, I don't have to, I shouldn't have to tell you to, you know, take out the trash every single day and you're grown. Yeah. So I can understand Danny's frustration. Like, Absolutely. we're all paying to live here. We all have a piece of this apartment. We we're should girls. Treat, we're women. We should treat this we all pay like a thousand dollars at the music. We should treat this place like we love it, like it's our home. And the fact that I have to keep asking you to take out the trash when it gets full, I don't. I think it's. I don't even think the issue was that they didn't have a trash can. I think the issue no. was more so that you're allowing the trash to fall off. You guys, I wish you guys could see the picture. It's you're disgusting. Al- you're allows allowing this little ass flimsy grocery bag to fall off the cabinet mm-hmm. it's hanging from the cabinet where we cook our food yeah and it's old trash it could cause flies like this is disgusting i'm why are you even allowing this why do you even think this is cool like well i would tell you trash y'all, stinks i would tell you i'm dealing with i was dealing with a situation like that where i live y'all um i i, I rent a room I'm from this lady's home in Queens, and she rents the basement, two rooms on her floor, and then I live on the third floor, and there's like five of us that live on the third floor. Now, um, y'all, I get food for free, thank you, Jesus, at work, and I, you know, get water there. I get everything there for free. So I haven't bought groceries in over two months, so I'm not cooking. I'm not doing anything. Right. And so um, now the kitchen has been getting dirty, and, like, text messages have been circulating between my roommates. Like, I have one particular roommate um, who I love, and... She sends, like, a a general group message, but I know who she's referring to because it's this one uh, specific roommate who's not clean. Now, mind y'all, the roommate that who I'm cool with, the only one who I really talk to, never really had to deal with the nastiness of the kitchen because her room was right by the kitchen. She never smelt anything because when I was always cooking, I was always cleaning. And honestly, you know, I'm just different. I was whosoever dishes in there I just wash whenever the trash gets full I just take it out I don't take it upon myself after I tell you once and you don't do it I'm either going to continue to complain about it and constantly get upset and you're still not going to do it or I'm just going to clean it so I honestly just clean it because you don't want to live like that I don't want to live like that and it's like and I don't want no rodents here and I want peace in my home and I, honestly, we ain't got to be tight, and I got to come into this home, and I don't want any roaches or rats, and I, I don't have people up at my house, but the one time that I am, Dory's going to come over and meet up with me, and we're going somewhere. You know, I don't want my best friend looking at this and thinking Right, this I time. asked for some water, and I'm like, never mind. Right. <laughs> is the water, like, is it brown? Like, I think I saw a roach. Like, a cockroach. Like... Like, and you be looking at me like, best friend. That's how you live here, right? This is disgusting. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, some people, you can, this is my thing. Uh, You can either, like, you know, pop off and continuously to get upset. And Danny is baby girl, and I love Danny 
we had brunch together. She's, <laughs> she's amazing. She's a she's a dope person. And I, I, I feel you, Danny, and I feel your frustration and I and I feel that you are valid to feel that way. But at the end of the day, like you can either, you know, take the L and keep it moving or you cannot take the L and keep complaining and she's still gonna be dirty. She's still gonna be nasty. So it's crazy now because now my I feel bad for my homegirl that's by the kitchen that has to smell that because Y'all, I work from 7 to 5, then I go do comedy. I'm not even at home too clean. Like That's disgusting. So there's a stench. Yeah, so, and yeah, and even that person's room, literally, luckily, when you come up the stairs, that person's room is right there, then there's a door that blocks it, and then you go into the rest of the hallway, and that's our room, so we have a door to shut that we don't smell that person's room, but when you come up that st- the stairs, you see that stench, and some people live like that. Well, if anybody else is going through, like, a situation like this, I don't know. Like, me and my roommate, we don't have any kind of schedules. Like, I got one of the best roommates ever. She's and we're, not dirty. Yeah. And she's not dirty. We're really, really good friends. But she just, she <laughs> just said, hey. She just said, I got the best roommate ever. But shout out. Shout out to her. She's in the room right now. We love her. We love her. Shout out to Kimani. If it ain't about Kimani. Yeah. But <laughs> if I did have a dirty-ass roommate, I would suggest that you guys set up some type of cleaning schedule that might work just because it doesn't put all of the burden of cleaning on one person because I think that's when you get frustrated mm-hmm. when it's like I'm Molly the man why am I the only one seeing that it's dirty why am I the only one taking out the trash why am I the only one dusting why am I the only one mopping you know because sometimes People just don't clean up after themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you have like a schedule that it's like, okay, this is an obligation. Right. Every Tuesday, right. you clean. But you, you can go to that and be like, it's Tuesday. Yeah. You need to clean. And you agree to this. Just like you agree to that lease, just like you agree to that sublease, you agree to this cleaning schedule. It's Tuesday, you need to clean. And sadly, but it you shouldn't can't have it- to be like that for adults. But sometimes it has to but be But, Dora, like you can't put that she's agreeing to this schedule like she's agreeing to this lease. It's two totally different things. I don't think so. I don't think it's different. I it absolutely is, don't think it it's different. It is different. This lease determines whether or not she can live here. If she don't clean, she can still live there. You can still live there. Cleaning is very serious and to you and to me. No, I don't But if, if, you, if you and I create a schedule and whoever I'm living with doesn't abide by it, I'm just going to clean. She just gonna not clean, and that's just what it's gonna be. But see, be. even with me and you, like when we were sharing that room, me and you, our styles of living are different. Mm-hmm. When it came to, I'd be like, Soshi, I know you're gonna get to this by, and no means. Soshi is not dirty at all. She, we, she's just a little cluttered around. She has clutter around. And I'm the type of person, I can be OCD and I'll be like, I need to clean this up right now. And I would well, tell you that. it was on 20 because it's, it was both of us. It was really bad. Yeah, we, it was both of us in that room with all our stuff. Yeah, yeah, we were sharing a room but I would tell you, like, I need to clean this right now. It's no diss to you, but I need to clean it and right now. And that didn't make me feel like anything because that's how you are. Yeah, and that's how I am. So it's like, when you are living with someone, you have to compromise. Maybe you don't want to make someone uncomfortable like that and jump up to doing something. So that's why I'm saying an alternative could be a cleaning It's a great alternative. Because, I mean, I feel like that person would kind of like, just like you signed up for this league, you will feel a little bad if you don't clean up and you agreed to cleaning up on Tuesday. You would. Everybody wouldn't. That's horrible. (laughs) That's the thing. That's the thing. I I, I love this one. I never want to. I had to wake up and realize that we was all raised differently. 
we were all raised differently, but it's just like, come on, you agreed to live with me. You should. I feel like you should never want someone to feel uncomfortable in their own home. That's how you feel, though. Especially if y'all sharing a home. That's how you feel, though. I mean, I get that, but, man, <laughs> everybody's different. But we love you, Danny. Thank you so much. And if you have a roomy report, we would love to hear. If you have a crazy story or you just want some advice, hit us up at ATCWDX at gmail.com. Uh, Dory, what's your East versus West this week? My East versus West this week is... It's kind of... Shout it out to what we were talking about. Okay. Um, On the East Coast, I just feel like the people are a little more real mm -hmm. when it comes to the language in which they speak and you knowing exactly what they mean. Yeah, that's... Uh, when we say it's not just... New York, when we, the East versus West, it's like Philly, uh, everybody, yeah. Yeah, I just feel like, um. Shout out to Philly, the men there are so fine, I'm sorry. <laughs> X believes that her husband is in Philadelphia. <sighs> These bearded brothers, my lord, whole father. Back to the East versus. Oh, the Roots picnic is coming up, we have to get our tickets, by the way. <laughs> Go ahead. Back to the East versus West. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I just feel like, um, since I've been on the East Coast, and it's only been since May 2014, um, a lot of the uh, relationships that I've been building with people have seemed to be on a more, like, genuine base. Mm -hmm. Versus of uh, L.A., you kind of, like, have friends because you've known them so long or because of what they have or because y'all live on the same block. But it's, right. like, sometimes it don't feel real. Like, of course you have your real ones in L.A., but it's... I mean, that could be a mix of me being... I was a child when I was raised there too, though. So right. And you grow, but I just feel like um, in New York, like people, you know, when people really, really fuck with you, and I just love that about here. I feel like people are real. I feel like people mean what they say, and they say what they mean. Mm -hmm. And even if it's harsh, even if you your feelings get hurt in the you process, you know where you stand. You know where you stand, and I like that straightforward attitude. I don't like that in LA. People can be sometimey and wishy-washy. and or, or or not support you when you're in the trenches or in the small beginnings. But when you're on, it's like, oh, what's up? I call them the buddy hustlers. It's like, let me attach. And it's so crazy because I didn't realize how big it was that Dory and I moved to New York or, and the risk that I took and, you know, the uh, calculated risk that she took. I didn't even realize that was a big thing until I went back home. And people was like, oh, yeah, this is my homegirl ex. She live in New York. Like, that was like... I now she live. She from New York. Yeah, oh, yeah. She from... Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm sorry. They, they started like, lying. Like, they yeah. started lying. Like, my homegirl asked you, she from New York. I said, Man, I'm from Ingle, 104th, and you... What is you saying? And they think, like, you living in New York is like... They think you living, like, on Fifth Avenue, like... Yeah, or, you like, got some flowers sex in the city. In you but got this is the thing, though. Regardless of where they feel that I live, they equate, like, New York is one they of the most sought in the city. house. <laughs> Flowers in each room. Pent, more like a tent. <laughs> Excuse me? A tent house. Yeah. So. so it's like people equate something like with being in New York, which I get. Like when people, if you come out of New York and you do comedy, you do theater, you do fashion, you do singing, it's like, dang, she was in New York. Like, yeah, like she, she did made it. in New York. Like, you know, it's one of the most sought after cities in the world. People leave Paris to come to New York to do fashion. Yeah. Like, it's just where it's at. So it's you have your buddy hustlers out there, and, and they're mainly from L.A., and they want to attach themselves with somebody who's doing something. And, you know, you got to be mindful of that. And in New York, they don't 
don't give a darn how dope or dope you think you are if you on top. They not effing with you. My ex saw Jay-Z and was like, yeah. Like, there was like, he a Brooklyn nigga just like me. Like, and? Like, nobody cares. Like, people will call you out too out here if you a buddy hustler. Like, yeah. It's not, you can't dick ride in New York and like not no. get clown. You will no. get clown. Like, Absolutely. Nobody cares if you're Jay-Z's friend. Like, Absolutely. Who? Who? <laughs> and? And so what? Oh, he gives you money? And? They don't, they don't care. They don't care. That buddy hustling does not ride out here. So Absolutely. I, I like the realness. I like the grittiness. I, even if the person doesn't rock with you, I like that you know. Yeah. It's no... They not stabbing you from the back. They stabbing you from the front. And I can rock with that. I like the realness. I think that's a great way to end this episode. We thank y'all so much for rocking us. We are on episode six. It feels so good to be consistent. Um, we I'm six so week. happy. Oh, we six week. Oh yeah, I we got wait. hair and eyebrows. What does that have to do with anything? Do it. Okay, like goodbye. Like if you was a baby. Oh. <laughs> like you cute now. You starting to get cute. <laughs> you guys, you guys, y'all know little little, little five week old. Six week old babies, that's when they start getting their color, they start looking cute, they get a little length. Okay, so they okay. got their shots. Okay, so now Dorian's a comedian. <laughs> I am not a comedian. <laughs> so she's the funny one. And tell them about your shows. Oh yeah, so oh. I I have well, this is gonna post after my shows, but um definitely you guys, every Monday and Wednesday, especially if you're a person of color, if you have any level of pigmentation or melanin, I need you to come out. Please. On Mondays and Wednesdays, because it looks like the what? The one drop rule. Yeah. Um, it's only me and four other people uh that are there that are non-white. Um for all, uh, for all my people, uh, need to come out and support. And support if you don't even want to jam, if you don't want to get up there and do improv, just come out. But I'm there consistently every Monday and Wednesday. But um, I do have two shows coming up on this Saturday and Sunday. This will post again, like I said, after it. But it feels so good to say that, and I've had so much anxiety to even tell people that I'm having shows or even want to tell people that I'm performing. So this is such a major step in my journey in moving forward in my career. How could we forget to talk about what we did last Saturday? What did we do last Saturday? Tags! Yes! Yo, we went to the misogynistic minister. My God. I love I love me some tax. No, but I love tax. I love tax. So last Saturday we went to Tax Stone. Tax Stone. Yes. Beloved. 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 Last Saturday we went to Tax Stone Live. This was our first podcast live experience. It was it was really, really good. And it was just so amazing to see someone win that had i mean a crazy ass life he's been to jail he used to rob people he -hmm. was just an awful person and he decided to change his life around he got an amazing opportunity um he utilized his resources and he's making something of his himself Mm -hmm. and what i like most is that um he, he announced that he was signed to Jay-Z. Jay-Z is his boss, so he is a part of the Rock Nation family. And he said that his mission is to put people on in um, the arts community yep. that look like him and that are like him. And, I mean, that felt so good because that's all me and Sochi want to do. Like, Absolutely. it reminded me of our Good in the Hood segment. It reminds me when we talk about people that you guys might not know, but we know and we know that these people are amazing. And we love how Tax has these celebrities to him on his show. And yeah. we might have never heard of them, but he knows who they are and he thinks they're amazing people. And then 
the whole world falls in love with him. Yeah. So it was just cool to see how. And he opened up podcasting to a demographic that did not know what a podcast was and would never listen to it. They probably only listened to, to him. No, he's the only reason they have the app. Yeah, so it was just it was just really cool to see that he's winning and that he's making something of himself. And it basically told me like, be yourself. He is himself one thousand percent of the yeah. time, y'all. And the he person from East he, New York, I love him. I love I, East New York. Got a special place in my heart, man. Yeah. I've worked there, but like exactly who he is on his podcast is exactly who we saw on that show. Yeah, and like. It was just fun. It was dope. It was nice to see a sea of minorities there. I was I was happy yeah. that there were people of all races and it wasn't just all of East New York. It was dope to see East New York in the city because, you know, people from East New York don't be going past downtown Brooklyn. No. So it was nice to see that he had people from everywhere. Like, it was white people, it was Asians. It was all different types of people supporting this young black man from East New York that's uh I don't know if he's a convicted felon. I'm not about to put that on him, but I mm-hmm. do know that he's had some jail time and that he's um he he was somebody that was not seen to make something of himself. Yeah. And oh, he's making all, it. All the cards, all the odds were stacked against all him. All the odds were against him and he's making it. So it was just dope to see that and it was just very inspiring. And it also made me and Sochi, I think, know that like no matter what we say on this platform, someone's gonna always have something to say. But all we can do is be grateful for the people that's rocking with us. And that's that's how I'm, I'm treating this. And I appreciate everybody that has been supporting. And I appreciate the people that's not supporting because we don't need you. And bottom line, if you don't want to be judged or criticized, do nothing and say nothing. Be nothing. And we out. Peace. Bye.